Welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today for our first inaugural episode of the podcast. We hope you got a chance to listen to the trailer episode that was released a little bit ago. Uh, But if not, that is totally fine. We are just glad that you are joining us today and here for this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to go through our thoughts on Clemson's football season so far. We're officially at the midpoint of the season. Six games in, six games to go. And we're going to go through our thoughts on that, thoughts on the team, on the progress, that kind of thing. And then we're also going to get excited about Clemson basketball tipping off soon. And so we're going to, in order to do that, we're going to go through our top three best and worst moments in Clemson basketball history. So we're excited about doing that. Before we get started in that, just a little bit of an intro. My name is John. I am not some insider into Clemson University. I'm not affiliated with the university. I am just someone who is a lifelong fan bringing you a podcast by the fans for the fans. I'm someone who lives and breathes Clemson athletics. And we just wanted to hop on here, do a podcast. We've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, and we are super excited about being able to launch this, and we're grateful for all of you joining. And if you haven't yet, make sure you hop over on Twitter and give us a follow at the Tiger Wire. That's at the Tiger Wire. You can follow us for some behind-the-scenes content, some live uh, reactions to the games that are going on, as well as you can join in the conversation with some Clemson Tiger fans over there. Again, follow us at the Tiger Wire. But this podcast is all about Clemson athletics. We are all sports, all passion, all of the time. And while we will be covering multiple sports, we're going to focus on basketball for a little bit, just with the excitement of the new season kicking off. Uh, We're still going to talk about football with the season going on, uh, but basketball is really going to be a highlight for us as we continue putting out a couple different episodes coming into the future, just because we're excited about the launch of the season coming up in a couple weeks. But before we jump into basketball, let's spend a few moments talking about Clemson football. Clemson football is definitely not off to the start that everyone was expecting, right? Like at first glance, Clemson could appear to have a very disappointing season. I mean, at this point, we're 4-2. and two. We've lost the two top 20 teams. One of them's a strong threat to make the college football playoffs. But we've also had a couple wins that didn't look like wins. Talking about the first half of that Charleston Southern game. Honestly, our game against Wake Forest wasn't strong. And then we've had two wins that were really strong wins. Talking about Syracuse and Florida Atlantic. Um, I know right now there's a lot of fans that are super upset, right? There's a lot of Clemson and fans that are calling for this season's just a bust. It's a waste of a season. They're hating life. Um, I'm not as upset as most of the average fans. To be real with you, I see there's some positives. There's some potential that I'm really excited about. And while I am a little upset, I'm not hating life as much as the average Clemson fan. You see, some fans are right now, they're calling for Dabo's seat to be hot, even calling for him to be fired. Um, that's ridiculous. That is straight up ridiculous. That's just disrespectful to the success and the career that he's had. And it would be one thing if this success we're talking about is like 10 years ago. No, the success we're talking about is literally he won a national championship, what, three years ago? I mean, let's look at his resume. By the end of the season, he's going to be the most winningest coach in program history. He has won two national championships within the past five years. He's won so many ACC championship games. He's had winning seasons every year, so many consecutive 10-win seasons. He has had greatness at Clemson University. But even with all that greatness, people are still calling for his seat to be hot, for him to be fired. People are still upset. And you see, I think the problem is this. I think people are expecting greatness based on past seasons without being honest and truthful about where we're at right now. 
Right now, we have a quarterback who's very talented, right? Cade Klubnik is an extremely talented quarterback, but he could be considered less experienced than some freshmen are due to only one start last year and not a lot of time on the field. We also have a younger offensive coordinator with not a whole lot of experience. Garrett Riley has some experience, but not a lot. He's trying to come in, learn a brand new culture, figuring out what the system is, mixing his style with a style that is here. I think we're expecting Trevor Lawrence success when we don't have a Trevor Lawrence team. And because of that, unrealistic expectations and unrealistically high hopes are being shattered. I'll be honest, I'm bummed. I think we most likely aren't going to be able to compete for an ACC championship game. Of course, I want us in the playoff contention every year, but I'm extremely excited about the future of this team. I think, yes, there's been some disappointments, but I think in the future, the next year is going to be excellent. And I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to use two games that we've played this year to kind of back up my point. And those games are both our losses. First, let's look at Duke University, their opening day game against Duke. We lost that game 28-7. to And yes, that hurts, right? On paper, that game, you go back and look at the stats, that game looks rough. It looks like a blowout. But when you truly look back at the game, when you look back about the highlights, when you think back about the different drives, it really wasn't that big of a blowout. I mean, one of their touchdowns was late game, was a trash time, and really no, the game was already over. So that's 21-7. to And then you start looking at the drives that Clemson had put together. We had four empty drives to the red zone, and all of them were empty because of our own mistakes. A couple was because of an unreliable kicker, and then we also had dumb mistakes and not holding on to the football. You see, we went into halftime with our defense playing great, our offense showing a lot of rust and experience, but also a lot of potential. We went into halftime up 7-6. to six. Going into halftime up 7-6 to six against Duke is not a great feature, but we had the lead. And then the second half started with a long run by Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, and that hurt. Right, like immediately after halftime, having a 44 yard run by the Duke quarterback, that hurts. And then responding to that, our offense just froze. We had a couple of good drives, but we were flush with mistakes. Our defense did absolutely great that game. I mean, yes, they had mistakes, but it's hard to be excellent on the field that much when the other side of the ball is putting up goose eggs. And so looking back at that loss, it hurt. It was disappointing. That's not how you want to start a season, especially being Clemson and the culture that football has. But there was a lot to like about that game. Our offense moved the ball. Looking past the rust, looking past the experience, there's definitely potential there. All we need is just for that green, the inexperienced quarterback in Cade Klubnik to step it up, and that comes with experience. Also, we need a kicker, but Dabo's trying to fix that. And then we fast forward to our last loss against a top-four team in FSU. We lost 31-24 to in overtime against a great football team. And this loss probably hurt more than Duke, but only because we had a great chance to win late, and we just fell short. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm still having nightmares over the play calling in overtime. I'm not even going to talk about fourth quarter mistakes because there was definitely mistakes and play calling mistakes there as well. Let's just focus on overtime. On defense, I don't understand the player matchups we went with to start that overtime position. Our starting corner got hurt, so we bring in a backup, which you have to do. But then we put our backup corner, uh, corner on their star receiver. Don't understand that. And, of course, that's going to result in a touchdown play, especially when you have a great receiver and an experienced quarterback throwing it to them. So, of course, second play of the game or of overtime, they score. They had a big touchdown. So, on offense, we get the ball. We need 25 yards. That's it. Start off with a first down incompletion. Not upset about it. And then the second play, second down, you have a strong nine-yard run by Will Shipley, which him and Moffa had been running the ball strong all day long. 
Third and one is where it went all downhill. I don't understand the play calling. Third and one, instead of running it to get the first down to get a fresh new set of downs, um, instead of running it, which you have been all day, you decide to throw a backward screen pass. Who is not? It's not a great look for the screen pass. It's covered up. He immediately gets tackled for no gain. And then on fourth down, again, we have an inexperienced quarterback. He's playing his first overtime game against a top four team as a collegiate starter. And then they let him throw a three-step drop back into a slant that is covered hard. It's a hard play for him to make. He didn't make a great throw. He didn't make a great read throwing it there. But why did we not run the ball? Our best player this year has been Will Shipley. Our second best player has been Phil Moffa. Why are we not feeding them? I absolutely love when we do our two running back possessions, when we have a formation with the two running backs standing on each side of Kate Klubnik. That's where our success has been. When we're in third down, you got to have one yard, one yard to prevent a loss in overtime. Why are we not feeding our best players? I don't understand that. It was a heartbreaking loss. But here's my point. Here's why. They hurt, but they didn't hurt for the same reason. We beat ourselves. I'm not taking anything away from Duke or Florida State. They are both outstanding football teams, and they play this Saturday. Going to be a great matchup. I can't wait to see their matchup. But both games we lost because of our own mistakes. One was mistakes by our players, and one was mistakes in the play calling. I'm not as disappointed in the Clemson Tigers football season this year because I see so much potential in our team. And so in my opinion, this year now has one purpose. We're not going to win the ACC. We're not going to make the college football playoffs. We're going to get a bowl game, but here's your purpose. You need to get as many of the kinks out with as many victories as possible. Cade Klubnik is definitely coming back next year for his junior year, most likely going to come back in two years for his senior year. Let's use this year to get some confidence in him, get some confidence in this team, get Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnik connected and on the same page. Let Wes Godwin keep growing as a defensive coordinator, and let's go out and win out. I mean, the season that we have remaining, it's a great end of football. Like, it's a lot of exciting football coming up. We got two away games coming up with at Miami, then at NC State. Then we got a tough three-game home stretch. We got at, uh, Notre Dame's coming into town. We got Georgia Tech coming. And then we got UNC led by a Heisman candidate quarterback. And then we end the season in Columbia at UOSC. You see, we have a great football remaining for the rest of this year. Let's go into it and see as much growth from this team as possible. I think next year, if we use this year as a year to continue growth, to continue looking to the future as this year a way to build some confidence and create some rhythm, create a new habit, create a new pattern with Garrett Riley and Kate Klubnik, next year we could go back to seeing that football that we saw from that greatness of Clemson football. You see, I think this year has the potential to set us up from next year to go back to that team that looks like those great teams from that mini dynasty of Clemson football. And so that's my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on Clemson football at the start of the second half of the season. We're six games in, six games to go. Not as disappointed as most are. I'm definitely not calling for the firing of Dabo, but I'm excited about the future. I think there's a lot of great things that can come up soon. And so that's Clemson football right now, according to the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. Now we want to switch gears a little bit, and now let's just get into some basketball. We are just over two weeks away from our first look at Clemson basketball. We have an exhibition game at home uh, November 1st against Noberry. Uh, we're going to go into this game, and we're going to expect to see some great things. Excited to be able to see uh, the, the Clemson players, what the growth has happened, what Brad Brownell is doing with the program this season, uh, kind of look at the different rotations that are going to be happening. 
But we're excited about basketball season. We are getting super excited about Clemson basketball this season. And throughout this podcast, we're going to go into episodes about deep dives into who our players are and where the talents are. We're also going to get into some expected results and season goals and all that kind of stuff. But we thought here on the Tiger Wire podcast, we thought it'd be a great idea to kick off the podcast with episode one, talking about some of the greatest memories and moments of Clemson basketball that we have. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through and we're going to give you our top three and our worst three moments in Clemson basketball history. Before we do that, you kind of got to preface it, right? We kind of got to preface it just a little bit. Clemson basketball is an amazing program. It has some amazing history to it with some great players like DeMontez Stitt, Horace Grant, Tree Rollins, Jerome Blossom game. There's some great history there. But let's be real, our history is not on the same level as other programs, such as the Blue Bloods, Kansas, Duke, UNC. We don't have the history to match up to them. I mean, we've only been in the tournament 13 times, and our farthest we've ever made it was our first time in 1980 we made it to the Elite Eight. We haven't saw the Elite Eight since then. We've never won a basketball championship, whether that's ACC Conference, NCAA Tournament, or even the NIT. Nothing. So while our top three best and worst moments of Clemson basketball might seem insignificant to non-Clemson fans, us Tigers, these moments are going to live forever for good and for bad. Um, So with all that being said, let's not keep you waiting. Let's dive in. We're going to start with the top three moments in Clemson basketball history. Kicking it off with number three is the greatest comeback in Little John history against NC State. This memory might not be as big to other people as it is for me, but this will forever go down as one of my favorite memories ever. It's late January 2011. Clemson is hosting the Wolfpack in a conference game. Both teams have had pretty good success to this point. Neither was leading the conference, but they both had success. They both had potential positive views for the rest of the season. My father and I went to the game. We were two rows off the corner of the court right beside Clemson bench. We were pumped for this game. And the game started out terrible for Clemson. I mean, terrible. North Carolina State was hitting everything. Clemson was doing nothing but throwing up bricks, and they looked confused on defense. To be honest, it literally looked like NC State was midseason form. Clemson, it was like their first game of the year. It was it was rough, and it was almost getting out of hand when early in the second half, NC State got it up to a 19-point lead, and they were looking hot. And then all of a sudden, one of our most underrated players in Clemson history, DeMontez Stitt, came alive. He led the Tigers to a 16-0 run, not only came back, but the Tigers began to dominate the Wolfpack. The game ended up with a final score of 60-50 to Clemson, and in a low-scoring game, Clemson made the largest comeback victory of all time, and that record still stands today as the largest comeback in Little John Coliseum history. It was an electric game, a crazy ending, led by the crazy talented DeMontez Stitt, and that game, with the biggest comeback in Little John history, has got to be the third best moment in Clemson basketball history. And then we move on to number two, a titled number two, just trying to come up with a little bit of creative titles. It's called almost history almost history this is the only loss on this list and it's also the oldest memory on this list and this is our loss to the number one seed minnesota in 1997 we're in the march madness tournament like we said 13 appearances that's all we've had and we haven't made it to the elite eight since 1980 our first time and so it's 1997 season uh it was a great game in minnesota we lost in double overtime we ended up losing it it was a game of runs i want you to go back on youtube look up and find the tape of this it was an electric back and forth game 
Clemson made a couple of runs, and it really felt like they were going to do it. It really felt like the upset was going to happen. We were going to get to see Clemson beat the number one seed Minnesota. Unfortunately, they ran out of steam in second overtime. And you see, this is our top three moments because it came off such a successful season. At this point, we were a four seed in the tournament, and this was our second straight tourney appearance. And then we go neck and neck in the Sweet 16 with the number one seed, and for most of the game, it really felt like Clemson was going to pull it out. It really felt like Clemson had it. Even though we lost, though, it gave the Tigers so much momentum and a greater confidence, it was crazy. We ended up being successful in 1998 because of this. We got to the tournament as a sixth seed back then. Unfortunately, that loss led to a, a loss in the first round, and we wouldn't get back to the tournament for 10 years after that until 08. But we won't talk about that. We're talking about success. That game in 1997 will forever go down as almost history game because Clemson almost pulled off the game against Minnesota. But that that whole season, the 97, 98, 96, 97, 98 season was so great. Those three seasons were extremely powerful in Clemson basketball history. Three straight tournament appearances and three really good seasons so that is why almost history number two is our second best memory of the Clemson Tigers basketball and then that leads us to number one that leads us to the best moment in Clemson basketball history there might be some debate on this some of you might disagree with me but I will argue with you this is my opinion the moment is March 18th 2018 2018 was a great year for Clemson basketball. We were ranked in the preseason poll to be uh, projected towards the back of the ACC, I think to finish 13th that year. And then we came out and had a great season, won 11 games in the ACC for the first time in Clemson history. And we had some really big hit victories that year. We won over 22 Florida. They were ranked 22 at the time. In Florida, we beat them. We also beat number 18 Miami. We had some tough losses. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we had some big victories. And this season was a great season. As we mentioned before, we've only made the tournament 13 times. So in 2018, when we made it for the first time in seven years and we were a five seed, every single person was pumped. We were all excited. We thought it was going to be great. And we had our first game against a tough number 12 seed, New Mexico State. They were the first round we played. We won comfortably by 11. Not a blowout. Never too much concern, though. And then that game led us to a hard matchup in the second round against a number four seed, Auburn. That game will go down as one of my favorites of all time. Every single person was expecting Auburn to win. They had a better record. They had a higher seed. They had larger victories. It was an even four or five seed matchup, but Auburn was the favorites and the nation was with them. But Clemson came out hot. We hit shots. We locked up on defense. We didn't give an inch. And it was one of the most complete victories that I've ever seen. While Clemson looked great, Auburn looked just as bad. They ended the first half missing 18 straight shots. They only put up 19 first half points, and it was on the back end of a 25 to 4 point run. The second half didn't finish too much better for Auburn either, as they finished the night shooting 17 for 66. That Clemson defense was on fire. They played so well. Clemson was led scoring by Gabe DeVoe with 22 points, but he was one of four players with double-digit scoring. Elijah Thomas had 18 points and 11 rebounds. Clemson ended up winning that game by 31, 84-53 in the Sweet 16. A great game. That is our largest tourney win of all time and will by far go down as the best moment in Clemson basketball history. I remember watching that moment, and it, the whole game I was enticed, I was pumped, I wanted to run through a wall. That game was amazing, and that is why it is my top moment of Clemson basketball history ever. Such a great game. And so those are our top three moments in Clemson basketball history. We got the greatest comeback in Little John history. We got almost history in 97. And then we got a win in the Sweet 16, or excuse me, the win in the round of 32 against Auburn. What a great game. 
Those were our top three moments. Unfortunately, when you have a top three moments of anything, you also have a bottom three moments. And let's be real for a second. Clemson basketball is amazing. I love being a fan of it. I love keeping up with it. But Clemson basketball has had a lot of hard moments, right? We've had a lot of heartbreakers. When I'm coming through and we were going through making this list, it was a lot easier to find uh, bottom moments, worse moments, than it was to find great moments for Clemson basketball. It's just we haven't had a lot of success. We haven't had a lot of great moments. Um, that's probably why a lot of people are Clemson football fans, uh, and then they watch, they've pulled for other sports in basketball. But not here at the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We are true to Clemson. We're prideful in all sports uh, with the Tigers. And so now we are going to go through our bottom three moments and these moments were all heartbreaking. I mean, some of these are heartbreaking because of close games. Some of these are just straight-up embarrassing, but we're going to get into it. Our bottom three moments in Clemson basketball history. Here we go. Number three, a familiar title. It's called Almost History Part 2. Almost History Part 2. Remember, we had Part 1 was that almost victory in 97. We almost beat number one. This one pairs off of the best memory when we beat Auburn. It goes to our Nets game, the round in the Sweet 16 in 2018 against number one, Kansas. We had momentum. We had energy. We had just beat Auburn. Everyone at Clemson was thinking this was the Cinderella story for Clemson. We just beat a number four seed by 31 points. All we got Nets is we got to have Kansas, and then we can beat everybody. We went into this game thinking that this was the year. This was the year Clemson got their first basketball championship. Even Vegas knew that it would be a close game. Even though every single person outside of Clemson thought it would be a huge blowout, Vegas had to spread at a four-and-a-half-point game for Kansas. So when the game came around, Kansas started off hot. And early in the second half, Kansas had a game uh, had the game up to a 20-point lead. And then Clemson, they looked like they literally flipped the switch, and they came alive. Clemson started hitting shots. Their defense locked down. They got away some unlucky bounces and some tough calls, but they ended up bringing it back all the way back to two points. Remember, our biggest comeback ever in Little John Coliseum was 19 points against NC State. They got a chance to beat that right now in Sweet 16 against the number one Kansas Jayhawks in March Madness. They had a chance for it. With less than three minutes left, they had two wide-open shots, three-pointers to take the lead by Sheldon Mitchell and Gabe DeVoe, but unfortunately both of them missed pretty badly, and after that second miss by Sheldon Mitchell, uh, it all went downhill. Kansas started pulling away again. While it was almost an amazing 20-point comeback, it was almost history. Clemson dropped off, and our chances at history went as quickly as it came. All the hype, all the excitement, all the success that came from that season went out the window because we missed two wide-open three-pointers. I have that as one of the worst moments in Clemson basketball history because of how bad it hurt. We all went into that game with so much success, with so much pride, with so much expectations. We were all bought in just to be let down, and it hurt so bad. And so that leads us to the number two worst moment in Clemson basketball history. The title for this one is just embarrassing. That's what I have wrote down. It's embarrassing. This moment is also from that same season, that same 2017-2018 season. And as you've heard, we've had two moments so far, one good, one bad. It was a great year for Clemson basketball. This past year is the first time that we've tied the record and we we exceeded that success from 2018 season, but that was the first year. In that season, like we said, we beat number 22 Florida, we beat number 18 Miami, we destroyed our rival at South Carolina, we had great momentum, and then in the middle of the season, we had a huge challenge of going to Charlottesville with a matchup at number two Virginia. This game could be a season-defining game. 
Everyone went into it with huge expectations. There was excitement. There was energy. There was hype. We thought we'd go in there and show up, and we'd continue the success that we started off to. To make a long story short, Virginia showed up. Clemson did not. It felt like Clemson forgot how to play or every single player had money on Virginia or something like that. They lacked energy. They lacked effort. It was pitiful. The final score for that game, Virginia 61, Clemson a whopping 36 points. What an embarrassment. I have that as my second worst moment in Clemson history just because of how embarrassing it was. I remember watching that game in college, and it was just embarrassing to be a part of. It was it was terrible. So that's my second worst moment of all time. My number one, it hurts for me. It hurts for me in a very special way, and it might hurt for me more than anyone else, but uh, I remember watching this game, and it killed me. You see, this was a blown game that we had. It was a very special game. It was on my birthday one year. I was so excited for it, and it was a game against NC State. We had played the game so well. It was a back-and-forth game, hard-fought. Both games would take it over, back-and-forth, back-and-forth. Very good game. Then with 19 seconds left, Clemson is up by six. So there's 19 seconds left. Clemson's up by six. All we have to do is not foul. If we don't foul and we hit our foul shots, we've won the game, right? That's all we got to do. So it starts off, the, uh, Markel Johnson, a point guard for NC State, who was a great player, had the ball, goes to shoot a three, but Clyde Trapp played great defense for Clemson, blocked it off, and then Markel Johnson drove the lane. He hits a floater off the backboard, and Clyde Trapp makes a terrible defensive move and fouls him, hits the and one, sinks the free throw. So now there's less than 19 seconds left, and it's only a three-point game. We inbound the ball. Marquise Reed, who is a great point guard, shooting guard, a great card for Clemson Tigers. He gets the ball. He gets fouled. So he's going to shoot free throws. He's a pretty steady player. He's He, he was pretty good back in his day. And so as he's shooting these free throws, what does he do? All you got to do is make one. You make one, it's a two-possession game. What does he do? He clanks both off the front of the rim. I mean, terrible misses. So he misses one, misses it out, can't get it. So there's seven seconds left, or excuse me, nine seconds left, three-point game. NC State has the ball. They get a timeout to advance it. And then so with nine seconds left, up by three, our genius coach, Brad Burnell, decides to intentionally foul their best shooter in Braxton Beverly. I mean, I get it. It's a one-possession game. You foul them so they can't get the three points. But we just missed two free throws. There's no guarantee we're going to hit a free throw to extend the lead after they hit theirs. So we foul them. Bratson Beverly, who is a great shooter, hits both of his free throws. It is now a one-point game with less than nine seconds left. We inbound the ball back to Marquise Reed with seven and a half seconds left. He gets intentional fouled, and here it is. Here's his moment for redemption. What does he got to do? He's just got to hit some free throws. It's a one-point game. Hit your two free throws. Let's make the free throws. Let's go home. Let's call it a day, right? I wish. I wish I could say that's how it ended. Instead, he goes to the line. Final 20 seconds, he misses two more. So now in the the final two seconds or 20 seconds, he has missed four straight free throws. North Carolina State rebounds it. As time expires, Braxton Beverly hits a buzzer beater about seven feet inside the court to win. In the final 19 seconds, NC State went on an 8-0 run to beat us. We missed four free throws to extend the game to win the game. That is one of the most painful games I have ever watched. 8-0 run in 19 seconds? Are you kidding me? 8-0 run? I still heard about this. I'm talking about this, and I'm still hurting. That by far is the worst moment in Clemson basketball history because it just goes through and it describes the pain that we've gone through. It goes through and it walks through. How, how much we really hurt in that moment, right? 
And so there we go. Those are the worst three moments in Clemson basketball history. You got the almost history part two, the embarrassment in Charlottesville against Virginia, and then a blown game to NC State. And you see, there's probably something, if you're a Clemson fan, you're probably thinking, there's one thing that's missing. There's one part of Clemson basketball. How are we walking through the history of Clemson basketball and haven't talked about one moment? You see, I agree with you. You can't talk about Clemson basketball without talking about one specific thing. But I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know if it was a top moment of all time, if it was a worst moment of all time. It could go in either category. So what we did is you're getting an extra content here. Instead of just top three, bottom three, you're also getting a one in the middle, a moment for both. And that moment is our first win at UNC. You cannot talk about Clemson basketball without talking about this stat. And this could go in one of the best moments, but it also represents terrible moments for Clemson basketball. So I decided to create a category by itself. You see, Clemson and North Carolina are both two of the earliest members of the ACC, and they play each other in basketball every single year. From 1929 to 2020, Clemson had played UNC 59 times at UNC. So 59 different games at Chapel Hill. And in those 59 times, Clemson had never won a game. It's still the longest streak that any team has ever gone winless against an opponent at their home court. So fast forward to January 2020, Clemson is traveling to the Dean Dome, home of the Tar Heels, ready for game number 60 at UNC in history, and this game is a great game, right? They're playing, it's back and forth both times, both the teams had a lead at different times, Clemson looks great, then UNC would look great, and they just go back and forth, back and forth, tough fought game. With less than 10 seconds left, UNC went up by three, and it looked like UNC was going to make it 60-0. 60 straight losses at Chapel Hill. And then with three and a half seconds left, the powerful Amir Sims hits a three to force overtime. Just like that, Clemson's back in it. We're ending the streak. We're going to see what happens. We go in overtime. Clemson held strong after a missed buzzer beater by Brandon Robinson from UNC in overtime to tie it. Clemson outscored the Tar Heels 9-6 to and won for the first time ever at UNC 79-76. to We could put this down as one of the best moments in Clemson history because it ended an embarrassing record that we were on the wrong end of, right? But let's be honest. It felt even more embarrassing if we would have put this as one of the best moments because that means one of our top three moments would be ending a record that was 94 winless years at UNC in basketball. That's ridiculous. There was no way I was putting that down as one of the best moments because that would uh, that would just hurt. That'd be so embarrassing. So we couldn't put it down as the best moments, but we also couldn't talk about Tiger basketball history without talking about it. So it gets a category of its own, a moment uh, for both. So there you have it, folks. There's your three best moments, your three worst moments. Just to recap, your three best, the greatest comeback in Little John against NC State, almost history in 97, and then a win against Auburn in the round of 32 in 2018. Your bottom three moments, almost history part two, the next round in 2018 against number one Kansas, an embarrassing performance against Virginia, and then a blown game to NC State. And you also can't forget the embarrassing record of 59-1 and at UNC. And that's this episode. That's the top three best moments, the top three worst moments, and a moment for both of Clemson basketball. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly of Clemson basketball history. 
DM us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts. Do you agree with these? Do you disagree with those? Are there moments that are better or worse than these that should have made the list? Do you remember the games and your feelings during them, the heartbreak, the excitement that happened? Hit us up at Twitter at the Tiger Wire. That's at the Tiger Wire. And let us know your thoughts. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Uh, we might even bring it up on our next episode of the podcast. And that's all for the inaugural episode of the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and I can't express enough gratitude or thankfulness to each and every one of you who have listened. Make sure you subscribe, hit that follow button, stay up to date with the Tiger Wire podcast. If you've enjoyed the show and you want to help us out, leave a review, rate us five stars wherever you're listening, uh, share it with any other Clemson Tiger fans that you might know. Make sure you look out for new episodes coming soon. In the next couple episodes leading up to the kickoff of basketball season, we're going to talk about our expectations for the ACC. We're going to give our prediction of the standing at the end of the season for the ACC conference. We're also going to predict an ACC champion. Maybe it's Clemson for the first time. We're also going to go through and rank our Clemson Tiger basketball players from least to most important to the team and their success and skill level. You're not going to want to miss those episodes. It's going to be great. Again, thanks so much for joining us here on the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. Until next time, keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. We hope to see you on the next episode. As always, go Tigers. Go Tigers.